Forgotten Flicks, episode 57, Toy Soldiers, 1991. Hola, and welcome to the Forgotten Flicks Podcast. I am Joel, and joined, as always, by that little buttercup of awesome, Jason. Hello, everybody. I think tonight I'm probably going to sound more like emo than I am uh, gerbil on math. Did, did you say Elmo? Elmo, 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 love Jason. <laughs> No, I'm more talking about the straight hair. Elmo, let's, let's do the whole show like this. Elmo, love Jason. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm afraid I'd have to kill you if you did that. Elmo? <laughs> no, Elmo kill you, mofo. <laughs> My kids love it when I do that. Gangsta Elmo, their favorite. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, so Jason, tonight we are <sighs> discussing the, perhaps one of the most important um, how can I even put this? Existential um, ponderings of the early 1990s. This, this, the motion picture we're going to discuss tonight is like Bergman meets Bunuel meets, I don't even know, Fellini meets wait, we're, Ernest wait, 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 P. Worrell. What? Uh, wait, we're... We're doing Predator 2? Oh, wait, no, that's that's in a few weeks. I'm sorry, I was getting oh, ahead okay. of myself. Yeah, no, this week we're doing Toy Soldiers. <laughs> oh, yeah, Die Hard in a Boarding School. Biatch! <laughs> so, yes, tonight, we, of course, today, this morning, whenever, we're talking mm-hmm. about Toy Soldiers from 1991. I don't know why, but every single time I talk about this movie, I always want to say 1988. It seems like an 88 movie to me, but it's actually a 91 movie. Yeah, I was surprised when I when I read the, the date on this. Um, I've seen it a bunch of times before, as you have... We, but I was really a little shocked that it was an early 90s movie. But um, it makes sense. I mean, it's not typical 80s. There's enough, you know, but eh. Um, yeah, because I think this movie definitely proves that uh, the fashion sense from the 80s did sort of leak into <laughs> the 90s. Did not die. No, no not until not at die. least 94, 95 it started to, I think, shift. Yeah, maybe 93. Yeah, yeah somewhere in there. Yeah. There's plenty of it in this, that's for sure. So maybe it was just the preppy schoolboys that they had to act. And you know how I love me some preppy (laughs) schoolboys. We'll get into that one. Yeah. So would you like uh, to go ahead and bust out the old trailer? That sounds great. The Regis School for Boys, where the country's best families... Hey, bring that back here! ...send the world's worst students... If you're going to kick me out, kick me out. They'd make four prep schools in four years. You're trying for the Guinness Book of Records? But these boys... ...are in for a real shock. If you do not produce my father unharmed, I will begin executing the hostages. I'm sure by now you have discovered who their parents are. Chairman of the Armed Services Committee. Vice Chairman of the Republican Party. 
What does your father do, William? Contractor. According to this, he owns the third largest construction company in the world. Yeah, he's a contractor. My boys, many of them, they have a real problem with authority. Are you with me or not? Of course we're with you. But if you get a shot, we're going to be PO'd. I have the assault force in a staging area five minutes away. You have seen these orange wires. These are wired to explosives. The kid can get the other students out of the line of fire. If any one of these wires is cut, they will explode! This kid has been kicked out of two schools. Well, three schools. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's a detonator. He's got guts. He's a leader. Billy says he can do it. I gotta believe he can. It's the signal. All right. We're really gonna do this? You bet. soldiers toy soldiers the worst kid students <laughs> in the world i think that might have been i don't know just a wee bit of hyperbole the, the uh yeah because it basically says that the most powerful people in the world have the worst children in the world <laughs> well <laughs> it's debatable it's debatable <laughs> yes look at the hilton yeah so yeah, possibly Jason, Ooh, before before we get into yeah. this, what 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 do you what do you owe Yang? Hilton's, yeah, that's good. So the question is: Is Sorry Skype giving that. us the delay, or are your meds? Oh, delay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am, in fact, on Vicodin, but I think that makes the show more interesting. So would it be cool if I kept <clears> talking? <throat> yes. See you like Elmo and just pretended like I had no idea what you were talking about. It was the meds. Would that be cruel? <laughs> that would be mean. Yeah. Yes. So I just wanted to throw out there the one th- one before we really get into this. My biggest disappointment with this movie, my biggest hands down. Can you guess what my biggest disappointment with this movie was when it was all said and done? Take a guess. Take a take a gander. Take a take, you know just give it an old an old guessy poo an old you know. Yes. I think you've that the building didn't actually explode at the end. Uh, I know, no. Although I, I, for some reason, had a sense memory that it did. So when it didn't, I was a little like, oh, yeah, but no, no, that's not it. I'm not going to keep you you hanging on the line Lewis there, Gossett buddy. Louis Gossett Jr. wasn't actually. Uh, you were you were upset that Louis Gossett Jr. wasn't actually in his underwear like most of the other people in this show. Um, I really did need to see Mr. Gossett Jr.'s uh, banana hammock. So no, although <laughs> I am a little disappointed okay. that he at no point. Uh, busted out a baseball pat a la the principal or uh, had them call him chappy <laughs> so uh, no yeah no yeah. this this is my biggest my my biggest uh disappointment about this movie is that this was not featured over the end credits Oh yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even <laughs> pretend. It's Martina. This wasn't the song. Isn't this kind of like the romantic of the stone thing? I don't know. Was this supposed to be in this? Actually, no, not at all. No, just... Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, when... wow, that would actually be a big story, and no... I completely missed it. <laughs> no, I, 
I actually <laughs> I actually came across it when I was downloading the trailer. I mean, procuring the trailer. And right. and <laughs> yes, there it was sitting before me, the classic Martika ditty about drug abuse. Because that's actually what that song is about. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought you were going to play Toy Soldiers by Eminem. I thought, well, that's a little out of our time. You know, we got different No, no this is a straight-up Martika. This no. is... Yeah, which I got to be honest, had a thing for back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, well, you know, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, Martika, you know, yeah, Martika on the same better. ilk. Yeah, Martika was better. Well, Just you know, I'm not going to argue that. Okay. <laughs> so, so uh, before we, before we get into the synopsis, did you have a little uh, yes. a little housekeeping you wanted to cover? Yeah, just very briefly. Of course, probably should have done this before the trailer, but that's okay. It's like I still have to do the spoiler alert too. Yes, first up. Just a reminder, Kevin Spencer, our buddy, our pal, our chum, the, the, the man responsible, so you know who to hold responsible for the uh, great artwork that is on the Forgotten Flicks site. He is going to be in Cherry Hill, New Jersey at Monster Mania, March 9th through 11th. So go check that out. He's a vendor there. I should have totally built it up. Like, yeah, he's going to have a panel and, like, you know, do a big Q&A <laughs> thing. It's going to be awesome. He's uh, They actually bumped Robert England just for him. <laughs> Yeah, Robert England will be there, as will um, Alex Winters, who was at the um, the mayhem that we went to last year. So. Yes, who, in fact, is a vampire, because I swear to God, that dude looks exactly like he did in Lost Boys slash yeah. Bill and Ted. I mean, he didn't age a day. <laughs> it was creepy. So no. he'll be there. I think uh, Clyde Barker, I think they had on the on the list there. So that's pretty cool. So, yes, definitely go check that out if you are in the Cherry Hill, New Jersey area on March 9th through 11th. And I also... Jason and I both want to send a special shout-out thank you to our buddy, Tawana, Red K Queen. We've uh, actually, the other night I came across this email that somebody made a donation to the site. I was like, oh, that's cool. We've actually had a few donations that were awesome. We had Peter and Hammond and Ben have, have donated, and that was fantastic. And Tawana also did a donation, and it was um, pretty damn impressive. Uh, and uh, it, it was pretty awesome of her to do that, and it's awesome of anybody to donate. We really, really appreciate that. Um, and uh, Tawana, again, I want to say thank you because um, you basically are paying for the hosting of the site for the next year. So thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> so, yes, on that note, uh, Jay, would you like to get a little spoiler alert so you can get all spoilery on this mofo? Oh, because I am totally going to – I'm going to give stuff away. You don't want to listen to this if you haven't seen the movie because I'm just – there are twists and turns. I'm totally giving it away. So, spoiler alert, let's, let's hit it. Excuse me. Excuse me. Spoiler alert, please. Stopping by <laughs> and giving us that great spoiler alert by way of our buddy JV at jvmail.com. You got questions. He's got answers. Got answers. Good answers, too, I might add, yes, too. Fancy. Quick, quick answers. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, Jason, hit us with some synopses knowledge. Ah, absolutely. So this is the story of the Regis School for Boys, or the Rejects, as they like to call themselves, and spray paint and deface public property like sheriff's cars and the signs. So uh, this is basically it's a story of a school. It's a collection of 
boys that all have you know relatively rich parents either they're on scholarships as we learn later some of them are or they have very important parents so they're all at this exclusive school our main uh hero is played by sean astin he's billy tepper and billy's been kicked out of three other boarding schools and uh this is his last chance but he's been given a chance by the tough yet lovable chrome dome of lewis gossett jr uh, who plays uh, Dean Parker, and he is not going to give up on Billy, and he's going to help turn him around. And so, Billy has his little crew of friends, this little posse, who are this is some big name list here. Sean Astin plays Billy. Um, Will Wheaton plays Joey Trotta, Woo-hoo! who is his best mate. Um, Keith Coogan Woo-hoo! plays. Uh, Snuffy, and he's the, he's the asthmatic who smokes throughout the movie. <laughs> um, and then they've got a couple of other uh, uh, smaller characters, but um, Ricardo is is a uh, uh, well, actually, I don't isn't, know. isn't it Ricardo Montoya? You kill my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> At one point, I was gonna say he he looks like the underwear model amongst them. So <laughs> yeah, well, when when, An- when Andrew um, Devoff when Andrew Devoff calls him out of the line, and he goes. Montoya Ricardo, I immediately went, you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, Hank, um, kind of the nerdy guy with the glasses of the group. Uh, and then there are some other sm- uh, smaller kids that I guess are like freshmen that they end up hooking up in their group a little bit later. But um, their main core are like those those guys. And they do things like, you know, they get, sneak into the basement of one of the old buildings to drink um, alcohol and listening on these phone sex calls. Um, and as their life as near do wells gets completely disrupted when the bad guy, um, who's played by Andrew D- uh, Divoff, yes, uh, Luis Kali, and he is basically the son of a drug dealer who has been picked up by the U.S. and extradited. So uh, Luis has taken this school hostage with his group of terrorists. Um, kind of nondescript South American terrorists. I, I don't know if they actually showed the country in the beginning. I, I missed it if they did. Yeah, I think they said Colombia. Did they? I, yeah, I think they. Specifically... Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. It was Colombia. Um, which fits because you know during the, really? during the late '80s, uh, well, actually throughout the entire '80s, it was a big thing. But oh, really, yeah. it was. You might not have heard this, but no, I cocaine did not know that. I comes from he- Colombia. I also heard that yeah, back then Be- uh, Beirut was a fantastic vacation spot. It was great, great safaris. You go out in the desert. Yep. Oh man, yep. it was awesome. Fantastic. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, Luis takes over the school and rigs the entire things with explosives. Um, the FBI gets involved, and uh, the military. Um, military was the general was played by Arlie Ermey, who is a favorite of mine. I love him. He was in what uh, is mail your major malfunction, on... pal? <laughs> yes, and uh, he's he's very very memorable, stereotypical sergeant. Um, and then the FBI main uh, character was Mason Adams, who played uh, Assistant Director Otis Brown. But you know who he was? I do not, and I'm like, not going to cheat. So tell me. I couldn't find it. He, he was he was like the Campbell Soup, or. Um, he was a commercial spokesperson for years. Like that distinctive voice tell sounds me, like a tell grandfather me, tell voice. Me was, tell me it was Smuckers. With, with a name like Smuckers. That he, might actually be him. Oh, really? I was just guessing because I wanted to go, with a name like Smuckers. It no, but it was, it was something like that. You know, it was a very grandfatherly typical voice. Yeah. He actually had a hard time seeing him as a kind of a hardcore cop in this because it just he seemed too 
you know, nice. You, you really just wanted him to give you a hug, didn't you, Jason? <laughs> yes, I did, Grandpa. <laughs> so basically, the rest of the story is the gang of six, uh, plus a few others here or there, trying to um, overcome the terrorists and get out of the Regis School or to help the the people on the outside come in. It was kind of a sea. They were, uh, you know, the school was kind of under siege from. The FBI and military on the outside, the terrorists and the kids on the inside. So, I mean, that's the gist of it. I don't think I missed anything. Uh, no, other than that one part where uh, Sean Astin's character McClune uh, has to run barefoot <laughs> across glass, <laughs> yeah, and right. then he he catches Andrew Devoff's terrorist character, sort of unarmed and unaware, <laughs> and he and Andrew Devoff has to do this really bad fake American accent on top of his. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that part yep. was a little weird. Pretend like he was just a, a captive too. I'm just. A, I am just a boy here like you. Please yeah, do not. Yeah, please. Me. Despite my, you know, <laughs> facial hair, I, I could be Jason Grooms. He had facial hair at fifteen <laughs> and twelve and nine. Uh, so yeah. I mean, that's so that's pretty much it. Um, there, there's a lot to talk about with this, so I do want to dig into it. But um, I wanted to start with one thing that shocked me. I just didn't figure this out until I really looked up the information. But one of the the young, the two young kids that played, um, like the freshman or whatever, yogurt. That, yes. Total ripoff of Spaceballs, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think yogurt. that's what they were going for. Oh, just Schwartz plain be with you. <laughs> I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, God, tragic story. Did you read about him? No, what? Don't tell me he's dead. He is not. Not only is he dead, he actually was born in 1975, so he's our age. Um, well. Our age. age. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he was in a really bad car accident in 1990. And was in a coma for four years. What? And then died in 1994. Oh, well, actually, I think 98. Is what oh, 98, he died. I'm sorry. The accident was 94. He That's was in a coma horrible. for four years. So I, I, I was terrible because I'm like, man, I wonder if he's been in anything else because he was actually decent. I thought he was pretty good. Um, That's depressing. Okay, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> this will be the shortest in history. So when you see Yogurt, you know, give him some props because the poor guy um, – you know, never had a chance. To check well, did this, you read so. the thing? I mean, at the top of the IMDb page, which again, as we've established, IMDb, IMDb always, always, always can be trusted. <laughs> but then it said in the movie Miles from Nowhere, he played a child who is comatose after a road traffic accident. And oh, then yeah, just two that. years later, it happened to him in real life. Yeah, that's rough. Except, you know, obviously he passed away from it. But um, yeah, that was harsh. I, I didn't know that. I didn't see that. Um I looked it up on a couple other sites, too, to kind of get some more deets. But, yeah, yeah. so that depressed me. So I want to get that out of the way right I, now. I got so a new – yeah, I'm show. glad you did because now we got a new <laughs> slogan for the show, Forgotten Flicks. Make sure you take your meds before you listen. Or <laughs> Forgotten Flicks, not for the suicidal amongst uh, you. Forgotten <laughs> – what? <laughs> now let's go, no. to the, let's go to a better story, the phone sex scene. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> I pretty much thought, thought to myself – <laughs> this was Jason's like every Friday, Saturday night because I know it was mine. So, and you know what it also reminded me of, Jason? Actually, you know what? I'm going to get to that in a minute. You go, you tell me what your impression of the phone sex scene was because I'm still kind of pissed that I couldn't find the sound clips to pummel you with. Oh, that absolutely, that actually would have been really, really funny because there were some very funny lines in there. Basically, the boys uh, all sneak down to the basement and tap into. Uh, one of the phone lines in the school and use it to call out, uh, I assume, a 900 number. And they, they're they all kind of sitting around with the speakerphone 
and uh, and drinking Listerine get... or Scope or whatever it was, <laughs> which they mixed. It was vodka, peppermint schnapps, and creme de menthe, and they mixed it up so it would smell like. Uh, I love that uh, you actually remembered the friggin' ingredients. That's <laughs> Awesome. I'm going to try it. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, try it. I'm drinking it right now. Out of Air a bottle of scope. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fresher breath. And I don't care that I'm recording this show. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> the cop pulls you over. You're like, yes, uh, officer. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but it's minty fresh. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> drunk. Smell my breath, pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, uh, so they basically knows. <laughs> they get a phone sex operator on, and uh, they he's, Sean Astin's the only one speaking, but he's describing e- one attribute from each of the boys listening. Uh, you know, I'm about five nine. I have blonde hair, and I'm black. And so she says, "Well, I'm not black." And when I'm walking I'm down really, the road, when I'm walking really down the street, tanned. Na- yeah, when I'm walking down the street naked, I trip on my own penis. My own flaccid penis. <laughs> but she was like, but I'm not I'm not black, but I'm really, really tan. With huge nipples. <laughs> They're the size of teacup saucers. In fact, would you like to serve tea on them now? Steve? He said his name was Steve. Yes, he said his name was Steve. Um, so I don't know what kind of stuff you did with your buddies uh, when you were in high school. Oh no, that was that would that would have been a private <laughs> phone call. But sitting around with all of them listening to phone sex, it just made me think it's kind of yeah, creepy. I, it's it, a little weird. Yeah, it's a little I weird. Would not be in a group listening to. It's like going. Let's hey guys, let's all go to the movies and watch a porn. <laughs> actually, you know, it's kind of funny you bring that up because I actually did do that with a couple of my friends. Oh, nice. No, the best one was the one whose whose mom was like this really, and I'm using quote fingers here, cool, <laughs> hippie, former hippie, who thought things like, yeah, I, if they're watching porn at my house, well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, or, or, yes, guys, fine, smoke weed and drop acid. Just don't leave the house. <laughs> I didn't drop acid, but I remember with those guys, I thought it would be funny while they were dropping acid and they call, they were smart enough to call me. So I drove over to their house wearing one of my grandmother's moo-moo-like dresses, a Tor Johnson Halloween mask, carrying an antique double-bladed axe. Are you serious? That's a heart attack. You're, you're, you're making this shit up. I, no. Dude, I swear. <laughs> oh I God. swear to you. I it, Yes. They, and I'm not going to say names for the obvious reasons. <laughs> and you didn't. And, okay. And nobody died from the trauma. I, no, I remember they just laughed at me. Like you were oh. standing out front, and I came out and I went, Rawr! <laughs> and they just went like, Rawr! they laughed like Chet. Well, because weren't you pretty much just wearing your Friday attire anyway? Although, I mean... isn't it interesting? It was like foreshadowing because Tor Johnson, remember from the Ed Wood movies? Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Mm. I've kind of missed my Tor Johnson mask. <laughs> I had that for years. That is effed up. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I figured what I was trying to see if one of them would like f- completely freak out, and he didn't. So it was a little disappointing. But yes, so the phone sex, <laughs> the porn, that's where I was going with it. So they, yeah, those, yeah, those guys, their mom thought it would be a great idea. And we're not talking about like, you know, Emmanuel or, you know, oh, Skype nabbed his ass. Haha, <laughs> I'm back. Oh, weird. I didn't have to accept it. Cool. I, do I even have to edit it? That's a debate. <laughs> so. 
Yes. Uh, oh, who the hell knows? Was the last thing I said? <laughs> yeah. As a director. What's as that? As a director. As a director, you. Okay. okay. So when you directed films, and uh-huh. I understand that directors do this, you you create certain messages in a scene that are unspoken by having uh, uh, certain things in the shot and the angle of the you shot. You like symbolism, and, subtext, or yeah. showing uh, sharing a porn with all the underaged actors? Well, not so much, because okay. that's a little mm-hmm. more in your face. I'm talking more of the subtleties, the things that's not the major point of the, the scene, but things that are definitely there and definitely happening. Yes, yes. Yeah. So what message do you think uh, uh, Mr. Petrie okay. Jr. was trying to send that every single shot of their bedroom, they're all in their underwear? Interesting. Hmm. Now, I tried to parallel this with some of my childhood to say, okay, it's believable because I would do this. Uh, I would not listen to sex phone, phone sex with uh, a group of buddies. Uh, and no, I generally, if they're hanging out in my room, even my dorm room, I'm not hanging out in my underwear. I, do I, none I, of them own sweatpants? Well, Come on! <laughs> look at their tiny whities. And at least Sean Astin had boxers, as did, I think, one or two of the other guys. Not, but a, it, not Inigo Montoya. No. <laughs> and he was like, he was only boxers. And Keith Coogan even had, like, his button-up uh, shirt on and his undies. I'm like, whoa, that's like something your girlfriend wears the next morning. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> did you stuff a sock in there? I'm like, guess a little, come on, underwear scenes, there was a lot. Yeah, well, there there were. I will say this. I could actually hear a producer argument. These kids are heartthrobs. Let's do it for the ladies. I could, uh, I, could, yeah. I could hear that. So I can't say it was the director. I mean, there are instances where you have to add the, oh, what's his name? Did you see the movie Powder or yeah, yeah. Jeepers Creepers? Okay, the guy Victor or something or other. Let's just say he was brought up on charges involving the kid. And if you get my, yeah. And when he got out, he started making movies again. Well, of course, once one, if one does not have that information, certain scenes, let's just say, in his movies, don't take on the level of creepy as they do with uh, teenage, after you yeah, know with younger teenage boys until after you know that information. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, that's true. And I will say that Sean Astin was kind of a, you know, a buff teenage boy in this, as as obviously. Mr. Montoya was, but do you, do you need a moment? <laughs> I, I don't know how we went from the phone sex to this creep fest. But... <laughs> you know, Jason. It, it, it just it felt like it felt like odd that there was that they were all you know. I I felt like if Jason Jason can I ask you a very personal question. It felt like somebody Jason, was making can... this movie who didn't understand like boys, okay. like boy culture. Can I can I ask you can I ask you a question? Are you are you freaked? You can ask. Out? I may or may not answer. Okay. Are are you a little freaked out by this because it moved a little? <laughs> it didn't move at all. It pointed in one direction the whole time. So I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> the only time it moved is when I tripped over it, get up from the couch. Well, I I was sitting there in my BBDs, and we know that those can't contain it. <laughs> I have to have them tailor made. <laughs> I have the weirdest looking underwear you've ever seen. If you're oh, looking God. at it without like without wearing them, it looks like they got a big pouch in the front. <laughs> like you might, I don't know, store away a zucchini or a butternut squash. So speaking of big guns, how do you smuggle in like an anti-aircraft two or th- wait, a one, two, cal. 
three anti-aircraft machine guns. Like, just drive them right up to the front of a You want to know school. how you do it, Jason? You want to know? <laughs> You're the djinn. Because everybody knows Andrew Devoff from Wishmaster. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I'll take it another level. He was also, do you, do you also uh, remember where else you recognize him from? No, I was going to look it up, but I didn't have time. He I was, know I know He him. was Mikhail from Lost. Remember oh, the, the with the eye match? Oh, my God. Yep. Yeah. Aged a little. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. That's right. God, because he was kind of had that bad Russian accent. He's one of those people that could pull off, like, multiple nationalities almost. You know, there's a handful of actors that can kind of pull those off, and I think he could pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, big guns. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, this conversation got really awkward. Really, first it started off depressing, and then it just got <laughs> awkward. I did want to say one last thing that the uh, phone sex scene reminded me of. So, with all the martini, this this tells you how my brain works. So, which is ready ready to be very very scared. So I, I came across the Martika thing. Oh yeah, I remember that song. I used to like that song. Uh. And then I start. I was like, wait, I think I still have that tape because I still actually have a bag of tape. So listen, I don't know if you can if you can hear. Oh, I, I actually brought props. I really found, have cassette tape still. I, I have a bag filled, and in oh. fact, it was not. It was not that particular that particular Martika one that I still had. I have, and here it is: the single. I will bring this in to show Jason tomorrow, so he can know that I'm not full of crap. Love Wait, in in public. In you are public. admitting you have more than one Martika cassette. No, no, I only have one. <laughs> I didn't have the other one. Oh, but you at some point own multiple? I know I owned one, and it's a single. Remember, because that's uh, singles. Okay. I have several of those, actually. Yeah, that's true. They always put, like, the big pop hit song on it, and then they always threw some piece of crap on the other side. And in that... fact, this one totally fits your description, because it had <laughs> Love, Thy Will Be Done. Remember that song? Uh-huh. Yep, and then Mi Tierra. I don't even know what the hell that is. I mean, I'm mm. sure we could, you know, put it in. It's like the equivalent of B movies, like the original yeah, B the movies. Yeah, the A side and the B side. But then, yep. and then, as I was digging through, I came across several. I actually found my Cinderella tape that I got from for Christmas, and I was like nine years old. I actually still have that damn thing. Oh my god! Yeah, I had quite a few in here. Some of them I'm not going to mention because uh, the laughter will never ever stop. <laughs> but the other one I found, and it rem- I felt it was fitting for the sex scene, so I actually got the song, Jason, just for you. Let's see if you remember this little ditty, this little blast from the past. And this was in your, your bag, Ocasette? single, yes. Here we go. Uh-huh. You remember this? It's repetitive on the front end here. Give me a minute. You'll notice. Tapes and 
Actually, I don't think I have a cassette player anymore. I know. I, wow. I was digging around. I was like, I used to have one. I was like, I can't find it. <laughs> I was actually going to play them off the tape to see if they like completely ripped up on while we were recording the show, and I could cry. No, look what I did. <laughs> I found my old Robin Williams. He did one called Reality, What a Concept. And it like was, a stand-up routine? Yeah, it was a stand-up. Like, right, I think it was during Mork and Mindy, too. It was during that time period, so he was high as a kite on coke. Jeez. Oh, great. No, I had Eddie Murphy Raw... Nice. And Eddie Murphy Delirious, because nice. I remember listening to those. See, that's what we listened to when I was in Boy Scouts in the middle of the night in the tent. Everybody comes into one tent so we could listen oh, to. Oh, yeah, man. That and Eddie Two Murphy. Life Crew. I remember that. Again, with the, <laughs> with the same kids whose mom, you know, put real good restrictions on everything else in life would totally be. You can be, kill somebody. Just kill somebody at my house. Yeah. Don't leave the house. Yeah, yeah I think that was Lazy for one rule. No homicide. You could all, all, everything else is on the table. Well, just keep it in the kitchen. Just just yeah. clean it up. Just put it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Jason, is there anything else you want to talk about this movie? <laughs> we talked about the phone sex scene, and that's so. It. That's it. Phone sex and boys in underwear. That's that's the basically toy movie. soldiers. <laughs> in twenty. <laughs> wow. That's. Oh wait, and I threw in that the kid died. So we got that <laughs> worst review. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> okay. No, um, I will say a few other things. Actually, I had a, I had some other things. One, I want to say that we talked before um, we had we recorded the show last week. We I mentioned to you that I actually saw this movie probably a little less than a year ago. Um, so I've seen it recently, and then of course I rewatched it right before the show. And before that, I don't remember. It's been a long time, but I rewatched it again, and I actually really like this movie. I think that. The, the characters the in, in it. underwear is hot. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Only Ricardo Montoya. <laughs> you killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> you took my clothes. I'm going to stand around in my sexy underwear. <laughs> yes. I'm going to. I'm going to push the, the, the peach bulge, the peach-sized bulge in my. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Okay. Now maybe boys would have done even, that. I don't even want to know why the hell you you got suddenly inspired. That's what it was. One of he was just showing off. Yep. Oh, yeah. If he knew he was biggest and I yeah, you know, I'd be walking around in briefs. Okay. Yeah. Making yeah. everybody else feel stupid. All right, I got you. I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I love this movie. Actually, it was really good. Um I think that it wasn't the the of course Lewis Geiser Jr. was great in this. I think he plays a good um character and he's not too he didn't feel to me too much like a cliche principal, you know? Yeah. Um, he didn't feel too over the top like that. So he wasn't like a stand by me. Um, stand by me. It was a, the one you just said, the baseball bat and the. Oh, the principal? Lean on me. No, well, yeah. I said the baseball bat. It was talking about the principal. No, what's. Oh, the, the, oh, yeah. They used to call me Crazy Joe. Now they can call me Batman. That would be more yes. than Freeman and Lean on me. Yes. Lean on me. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and, and he wasn't, I mean, he could have easily kind of played that type of character. Um, tough love with the kids and all that, which I know is the writing of it, not him. But he, he played, I think, a really cool, um, mellow character in this. But I thought really the, the combination of Sean Astin, Will Wheaton, Keith Coogan. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Dude, that worked really well. And, you know, sometimes you throw in just big names or at the time big names. These are all pretty big 80s names. Um, although Will kind of, I guess, became bigger in the 90s when, when he really kind of got into star trek um but he was great in this and of course he plays the only thing i thought was bad about 
his character. He played it very well. I know his acting was great, and um, he, <laughs> two things were funny. One, I know it's just time period. That big dangly earring just... <laughs> yes. The 90s earring. <laughs> yep. Big cross, big long dangly cross. Um, I'm not going to knock him too much because, yes, I, I actually owned one of those. <clears throat> Maybe two or three. Um, but the only times that I thought he, he kind of cut out of character a little bit is when he tried to get into character a little bit. So the times he tried to pull off the New York accent and he was trying yeah. to talk, every so often he would start to talk a little more, like a little more Jersey, a little, I mean, it, it just so it Jason, felt So real weird. quick, are you saying uh, people from Jersey and New York sound exactly the same to you? Is that, they're all like? No, I'm saying I mean, I'm not saying that anybody who's listening, like say Kevin fun. Spencer, might be offended by that comment or anything, but. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> and Daryl, yeah, sorry, Daryl. I'm not saying Daryl or Kevin, either of them, would be offended by that, but you know. I think my bigger point was he wasn't sure where he was from because his accent yeah, felt. Yeah, I'm just totally busting your balls. <laughs> well, it was like Mrs. Doubtfire said uh, when, when Chris Bronson said, "I can't t- quite nail you down your accent. It's it's a little patchy." And she's like, "Oh, like your like your tan, dear." Yeah, yeah, yeah like your tan. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> so yeah, his accent was a little. Bad, and every so often I could, you could hear him kind of try and get a little more in the scene into a little bit more of the gangster. Because his whenever dad he got emotional, like whenever he had to get like really intense with somebody, then all of a sudden yeah. it was like, "Hey yo, hey yo, you over there?" That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when he was trying, when he was talking in his normal um, non-accent, he he sounded better, like his whatever his normal voice was. But um, somebody else that I loved in this that we haven't mentioned uh, played who is the guy who played his dad. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. You know who that was? Gary Orbach. Yes, who was in... Dirty Dancing. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Nobody puts baby in a corner, Jason. (laughs) Nobody. Uh, I remember him more from Law and Order, which I absolutely loved. And um, tragically, he died, too. So, you know, it's it's a show full of dead people. and So sad. So, so sad. Wow. Speaking yeah. of, of Law and Order and things that would make you potentially dead in real life, what was up with the gun gavel at the beginning of the movie? <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's holding the gun so that the butt is down like the end of a gavel and the pistol, like the, the actual barrel is pointed right at himself. Like, yeah. And he's beating it like to get people's <laughs> attention. I'm like, really? That seems yeah. kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a little... A little, little risky. Um, <clears throat> I guess like that that been... what, that's what they were trying to show us is that he's, you know, this crazy loose cannon kind of guy that, you know, apparently never took a gun safety class. Um, how did you feel about his his character overall in this? I kept thinking to myself, he was the Jin in Wishmaster and Mikhail in Lost. <laughs> that's good enough for me. <laughs> Uh, he was also in the Crystal Skulls. Don't forget that. I had to throw that in there for you. You mean the last Indiana Jones movie? Mm-hmm. Who was he in that? Um, hold on. Processing. Uh, he was one of the Russian soldiers that took Indiana Jones. So wait, so. Basically, you're telling me he got typecast after Lost. Yes. He was Mikhail. <laughs> His name was Mikhail. No, it wasn't really Mikhail. It was Ivan. No. Uh, not, yeah, what, a, what other cliche... <laughs> Stereotypical. He drank vodka in the movie, I guess. That's all I know. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny with him because I just thought in this movie as Luis, he was um, – uh, at times he tried to yell 
like to, like he was angry and tried to get his attention. I think if he had just been crazy the entire time, yeah. But it just felt a little bit offset with the situation, like he was letting the kids stay in the, the um, courtyard or whatever they call it, the quad. And and it, was it just me or did they seem a little relaxed at that whole thing? I mean, they're playing frisbee. They're all like, yeah, we're good, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I will I will say in defense of his performance that. One thing I liked was that he didn't play the characters just this one-dimensional, you know, baddie that is crazy and is going to kill him. Has you know, completely heartless. I mean, I like that he obviously had this goal to get his father rescued, which kind of backfired, and <laughs> in the best sort of way. I yeah, might in add, the best sort of so. way. <laughs> and I liked that they never, I don't know, they never played him to be just, you know one track mind like i got this sense like he was doing this because he had to but not that he was getting off on you know hurting these kids like he was that was i don't even think his intention would have been to kill all of them necessarily at, at least at right now at the end if it came down to just him and the kids yeah like i i don't know i kind of felt like they were he was at least trying to play the character as you know being a human being which you know you're still going to have human beings that do really awful horrible crap but they're usually a little bit more you know multi-dimensional than Black yeah, and, and, and I don't and I don't think it was his acting at all because his acting I think was good and I mean he was very kind of he was toned down in a lot of it because he wasn't over the top. Yeah, um, you could you could sense kind of a touch of maybe insanity in there. You know, a little he was touched in the head, but um, it wasn't he was a complete madman kind of thing. Yeah, I was thinking more of like the character just felt a little off with the situation. Like I would have thought he actually would have killed more people. Yeah, um, well, especially because now to 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 back up your point though, at the beginning of the movie, because I think, and that's something I did want to touch on. Apparently, there was a controversy when this movie originally opened because it was so violent and involved these kid characters. Yeah, of course. By 1991, I mean, <laughs> there, <laughs> you know, it wasn't without you know, there was like there was no precedent for violent movies. It was probably just the kid angle that made it a little uh, less palatable for people, although. All you had to do is re- rewind to 1984 for Children of the Corn, and I would argue that's a little more disturbing because those actually were little kids. Uh, you know, you could also yeah. go back a little further than that. Of course, it's a Spanish movie, and we know that when when people get up in arms and super offended in, in the United States, it's, it's usually purely about Hollywood fare, not uh, foreign films. But there was a movie that came out in 1976. The English translation is Who Could Kill a Child? Have you ever heard of this movie? No, it's really it's an awesome movie. And now that I think about it, totally should have been my pick. But (laughs) but it's very simplistic story. This couple goes to they're on vacation somewhere in Spain, I guess, on the coast. And they go out for the day to an island just off the off the coast. And she's pregnant. And when they get to the island, it seems awful quiet. There's nobody really around. Well, it turns out all the kids murdered all the parents, children of the corn style. And they never, ever explain any of it. So this couple, one the woman being pregnant, end up stuck on this island with all these little kids. And there's, you know, it's a village, you know, where people lived. Of course, there's bodies everywhere. And these little kids just, they're not, like, screaming. And they just very, you know, wide-eyed, chasing them with knives. It's its a creepy-ass movie, dude. <laughs> and it's Who Can Kill a Child? Yeah, it, well, it's called Who Can Kill a Child for the... Uh, the, the ending is very, yeah. very disturbing because... I'll just say it involves the hero and a high-powered weapon. It's really disturbing. Yikes. Yeah, it's pretty intense. So, I mean, there is not, again, though, it wasn't without precedent to have a violent movie with kids. So 
I think. I it's... mean, look at Goonies. I mean, Jesus, that was like. <laughs> I mean, it was guns and knives and really? swords and really. You yeah, go, no. you go Goonies. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the beginning of it was really actually it it made him out to be more of a sociopath. Yeah, more of a, he uh, knocks the woman out the window. That was pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, he he, well, I mean, um, he 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 commands his guy to do it. He doesn't physically do it, but. Yeah, and then they he pushes the judge out of the helicopter because yeah. you couldn't and you couldn't see the parachute underneath no, that rope. No, not at all. No, no, that was that was great. Uh, yeah, but he's like this complete psychopathic murderer. And then in the beginning, when they first take over the school, one of his thugs, um, one of the teachers, uh, uh, tries to intervene between one of the I guess the guards and a kid. He's like, "No, don't hurt him!" And the, the he just pulls out his gun, bam, blows his brains yeah. out. And so it sets it up like he's going to be violent this whole the whole way through. Wait, now, but then did after he, that, wait, did he kill the teacher or was it one of his men? No, it was him. You're right. It was him. It, it was, was him because he yeah. pulled out a handgun. Yeah, yeah. One of his men was standing there. And he well, he was doing – yeah, one of, the, one of the, the men was doing something to the boy or was – and that teacher intervened. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and the teacher intervened. I hope so. What kind of boarding <laughs> school is this? And he's like, no, leave the boy alone. And then that's when uh, he, Luis comes in and just caps him. So I expected – I thought they, the character-wise, they kind of just dumped it at that point. After that, you know, he yelled a couple times, but I, he really didn't kill anybody. And then when he accidentally kills one of the other characters, which I guess we can mention. Yeah, major think, major spoiler alert, but honestly at this point. Yeah, yeah it's a big spoiler, but Will Wheaton's character, Joey, uh, basically he was, he's had enough. So he picks up – he. Uh, beats up a guard and gets in a fight, grabs his machine gun, runs out to the quad and levels it at someone. And totally it looks like Scarface. Just, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a scene at a Scarface, and he just starts, bah, 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 and but the machine gun shoots all over the place because he's you know doesn't know how to use it, and then the guard kills him, and Luis just freaks out. He's like, of well, course. well, you have to give the complete context of that, rightfully so, because as it turns out, Will Wheaton's father is the head of the New Jersey mob, <laughs> and they had just worked out a deal. Kind of the backdoor dealings of the Luis and the terrorist guys would let the mobster's son go, which Joey, why, which is why he fought back because he didn't want to be he didn't want to be yeah, yeah. and he he didn't want to leave his friends. Um, and then of course when Will Wheaton gets killed, that's when um, his dad <laughs> basically decides, well, I'm I'm going to show him what loss is, and because the Luis's father is the kingpin is still in prison, um, and uh, Jerry or- Orbach's character. Has him off. So, well, yeah, well, but the best part is right before that he stands up and goes, "Nobody, nobody puts Joey in a corner," and then and shoots him, and then he he orders the <laughs> other guy killed, which is and weird because you really do, do you really like, seriously you don't think that was a stretching I don't know <laughs> credulity just a smidge that the head of the New Jersey mob would have that much pull with guys in prison? I mean, <laughs> really? Not at all. <laughs> I mean, do we I, really buy that? <laughs> Come on, we know once they're in prison, they can't do anything bad. Oh, it's true. They're rehabilitated. Yes, they are. Well, and if, they have no contact with anybody. Can you imagine if? Because I, I love Jerry Orbach as an actor, <laughs> but he seem he seems far too warm. Maybe, and I'm not saying that the character, yep. you know, the head of the New Jersey mob had to be the stereotypical kind of mobster type. But I just, I don't know. That was probably one of the few. I was like, "Oh, it's Jerry Orbach. Yeah, you know, he's not that yeah. threatening to me." Uh, no, nope. and I, I had the same issue with with the FBI agent. Both of yeah. them felt, but definitely Jerry Orbach because, and I don't know if it's just the roles he's played, but it's the way he just feels more like a 
peaceful, calm, grandfatherly type. Like yeah. you, you imagine the head of a mafia is a guy at some point was down in the lower ranks who has a temper or who is aggressive you, or who yeah. has the wherewithal to just rob and kill and do all this it stuff. It should have been you. Joe Pesci. Yeah. <laughs> right around time Goodfellas came out. They could have told you that. Well, yeah, funny. I'm a clown. Hey. Eh? Yeah, but the problem is Will Wheaton is taller than. Yeah. But so, you know, they never did think... a scene together, though. <laughs> they have done a scene together? No, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't do a scene together. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't have been able to tell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you would have. <laughs> and um, have you ever gone to a school where they put every everybody's parents' occupation on the school records? I think they would at a school like that. But the you best part so? is, is that they in, in, in Will Wheaton's character's records, it says, head of New Jersey mob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. Very subtle. That's in sanitation. Yeah. Oh, okay. He owns Blockbuster. Oh, wait, no. I'm not implying that... <laughs> <laughs> not implying that there's any correlation. <laughs> My name's Jason. May or may not have worked there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in the waste disposal business. I get, I get, I get, I get. Yeah, and I got one. Well, I and I got a little beef with that because, really, the vice chair of the Republican Party—that's like big, giant, powerful. Yeah, I know. What was I mean, that? It was so <laughs> random. It was. It felt so weird. Like, okay, one of the largest construction companies in the world. Oh, uh, and your father. He's assistant deputy vice chair to the... He's the, he's the standing treasurer. <laughs> I mean, I understand that that's a rich... He probably makes a lot of money, well, but... I think, well, the first one, because I think he was the same guy, was like the president or whatever of the... Or chair of some big bank. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Think, but it was like, that wasn't what caught his attention. Which, oh. <laughs> it's like, what? Vice chair of the... Omaha National Republican Party's committee headquarters. Turns out he's also in Toastmasters. <laughs> With the, the plot thickens. This is leverage. <laughs> Worst terrorist ever. Oh, God, that'd be great. Let's, let's look through this child's file. Mm. So, Daddy was a character at the Disney parks in high school, was he? <laughs> oh, that's maybe that's why they called Yogurt Yogurt. Maybe ah. his dad owned TCBY. Oh, back in the day, TCBY. Uh, I should love huge it. franchise. Do they exist anymore? Uh, I don't know. There's not one around me. Yeah, neither. Sad. Mm. <laughs> it all just goes by so fast. Just plain yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> Although I will also like to point out, rewinding just for a second, back to the uh, People Are Still Having Sex song. I didn't get that far into it. There's a part in that song where you hear a woman go, Hello, lover. Do you know what 1987 horror film classic that is from? Ooh. It's a sample. I, I, if I could fast forward through this thing, I would, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. I'll add it in. I'll edit it in and add it at the very end so people can hear it. But Yeah, do you remember what that's from? No. Evil Dead 2. It's when Ash's girlfriend, after he's... Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> like, it, like people at the, <laughs> the listen to the show haven't seen freaking Evil Dead too. So he takes takes the shovel and shoop, chops it up. Well, later later on, he is looking out the window. And she pops uh... up, grabs her, and he goes, "Hello, lover." And I remember that was the reason why I love the song so much. <laughs> and did they really sample it from the movie? Was that what it was? From? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the actual. You can tell. Yep. Uh, of course. Yes, Linda. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> 
good stuff. <laughs> so, Jay, would you like to, um, I don't know, maybe hear a promo and then do some movie picks? Let's do it. Hi, I'm John Water. Hi, this is Dolph Lundgren. Hi, I'm Lance Henriksen. Hi, this is Keith Gordon. Robert Pune. Miguel Ferrer. This is Nancy Allen. Robert Davi. Richard Elfman. Ileana Douglas. Patrick Warburton. Dwayne Hauser. Cliff DeYoung. Steve Railsback. Mr. D. William Cass. If you haven't been listening to the Projection Booth podcast, you're missing out. Each week, the Projection Booth brings you in-depth discussions of some of the most interesting movies ever made. I'm Mike White. No, the other one. I'm the guy who wrote the film fanzine Cashiers to Cinemart since 1994. Since early 2011, I've been co-hosting the Projection Booth podcast. Try us, won't you? I never try anything. I just do it. Visit the Projection Booth at projection-booth.com. I'll take that category for a thousand, Alex. What is a list of people who'll never be on our show? (laughs) My favorite one? Robert Davi. I can't even get my, <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab my own testicles and try to, like, pull them down to my knees and go, Robert Davi. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even get there. No, I, I think those sounds are so low that some of the words he says only elephants can hear. So, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Pretty sure you're right. <laughs> yes, very cool. Very cool. So, Jay, what is your pick? What, what movie? What um, cinematic classic, as it were, are you going to suggest to the people that they should check out based on its connection to Toy Soldiers? Which, by the way, I probably should mention I actually liked and I haven't seen it in almost 20 years. But because I kind of did. So you, did you like it? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I found it. It's not. I mean, it's not like a movie I would pop in every chance I got. I, don't, I definitely didn't have the reaction I did to RoboCop where it was like, oh, my God, this is better than I yeah, remember. Yeah. But it was enjoyable bluff. You know what I mean? It was just a fun, yeah. it's like a, yeah, just a trip down memory lane. I mean, the one kid, there's one kid has a, the, actually the kid that they send away who the terrorists are actually after. Who oh, they the send, one in the beginning. Yeah, the I totally had that haircut touch. when I had hair. <laughs> the, where it was kind of somewhat, you know, like closely, like not shaved ball, but like, oh, which again, <laughs> foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> when I had hair, it's like I wanted to get rid of it. <laughs> Your wish is granted, little one. <laughs> so, it was like kind of like where it was really shaved close underneath, and it had like that wavy kind of surfer flopped over, and yeah. you could pull it back into like the the, the short ponytail. Totally, yeah. That. <laughs> nice. It was nice, buddy. <laughs> yeah, um, I liked it too. I thought it was I thought it was good enough. I mean, it was definitely an enjoyable one. Um, better than I expected going into it yeah. last year when I watched it for the first time because I was expecting this. You know, oh uh, yeah, I probably liked it when I was a kid, but. Um, there wasn't a lot of C and D in this for me, yeah, so was, I actually yeah, dug it pretty much. Yeah, cool. I dug it. So what's your pick? So, so my pick, actually, my connection. I, I looked at a bunch of different things. There's some. This is a hard connection on some of these. I mean, obviously, Sean Astin has quite a few, and um, as does Will Wheaton and Keith Coogan. But we've talked about most of Keith Coogan's movies, and <laughs> yeah, indeed, I think he's actually the the male. Maybe we've talked about his movies he, the most. He is up there uh, in rarefied air. I'd say it's it's Keith Coogan, Tim Thomerson. And Bruce Campbell, probably our yeah. top three. Um, but no, I went with Lewis Gossett Jr. And I went with one that I feel is a fairly forgotten flick, but one that I actually really enjoyed. Um, I haven't seen it in a while, so it might not be, be any good, but it's Digstown. Um, I have yet and to it, see it. It stars James Woods. Um, and James Woods is basically a con man who breezes into this little Midwestern town that is world famous, or at least famous around for boxers. Like they're. Their kids are into it. There's, you know, 
famous boxers um, kind of have come out of there. And he goes in with Louis Gossett Jr., who uh, plays character Honey Roy Palmer. And he is kind of a – he fought for a little while, but most of his fights were all um, underground fight rings. It wasn't official, and he wasn't fighting for titles, but he's basically a ringer. He's an old guy, but he's like the one of the best fighters. So um, James Woods goes into town and makes a bet with the – uh, mayor of the town who's this kind of jackass, cocky, rich guy that he bets that any 10 of his fighters he, that are in this town, uh, he'll put them all up against Honey Roy Palmer all in the same night. Hmm. And um, it's actually kind of cool. It's a lot, you know, there's some, a lot of twists in it, a lot of neat things happen, but it's actually a pretty enjoyable movie. And then the fight at the end, um, the sequence of fights uh, is pretty cool too. So James Woods plays a really funny character in this. He's it's it's a comedy, um, kind of a comedy action type thing, but it's uh, it's actually pretty good. So um, Oliver Platt is in it. Um, uh, Heather Graham and she plays the girl. It's uh, kind of uh, likes him. Yeah. Um, yeah so it's pretty it's decent. Really, really not attractive. Really. Really? Yeah. What? <laughs> Come on. You're on crack. Yeah. No, actually, I may be. <laughs> you may be, because she is hotness. So, um, but anyway, so it's a great, it's a, it's a great funny movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, so I could totally be suffering from CND uh, on this. But uh, I remember really liking it and having seen it multiple times, really liking it. So, um, dude, I don't it's, think it's got James off. Videodrome Woods in it. You are not <laughs> suffering from CND. Just by yeah. the very fact that he's in the damn movie. You're not. And, and and you wouldn't think that Louis Gossett Jr. could pull off a boxer, but really? he actually— I pretty he, much believe he could beat my ass, so yeah, no. I, well, <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> he reminds me of like a George Foreman, not as big as him, obviously, because um, George Foreman in his latter years got really big heavyweight, but um, he he definitely looks like a George Foreman style. You know, he's got the— He's not ripped like a bodybuilder, but yeah, he no, looks like he could the, break your yeah, head in power, half. The power blows, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he could kill you. I love him so. as Chappie and Iron Eagle. Uh, yeah, I do too. You know we have to do that movie, right? That movie's going to be so C-A-D, it's ridiculous. And it has Tim Thomerson in it. Ha-ha! <laughs> We're going to change the name of the show to the Tim Thomerson Podcast. Yeah, the Tim Thomerson <laughs> Show. <laughs> so so that's my pick, pick. Digstown from Good 1992, pick. which I might add, interestingly enough, the alternate uh, title that's on the DVD package that's on IMDb, it's called Midnight Sting. I guess what? That doesn't even freaking make sense. That sounds like a cop, like a bad, like Vice Squad. Yep, Midnight Sting. I have mm. no idea why. It's just that's what's Dick's on Town. the. Well, Dickstown doesn't really tell you anything either, but that's better than Midnight Sting. That doesn't even fit. Yeah, which I I, I, I I do need to see that. I know you mentioned one time it came on one of the like local independent kind of smaller channels, and I started to watch it, and, you know, you know how it is. Things happen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't yeah, yeah. I got, like, the first 10 minutes in. But, yes, I definitely want to <laughs> see that one as well. So, good choice, I assume. All right. <laughs> My so, what you come up with? From 1987, Whitewater Summer, starring Sean Austin, Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, the Baconators. <sighs> Kevin Bacon plays a guy named Vic. The movie starts off where Sean Astin's character... Is it Austin or Astin? I guess it's Astin, right? It's Astin, I believe, yeah. Yes. So Sean Astin is a kid. I think his name is Alan. And he's kind of this nerdy, bookwormy type kid. But his parents want him to have some ex- life experiences. So I, he's around 14 years old. This guy, Vic, shows up. At, it's kind of actually weird because I think they're... I know they're in a major city. I don't know if it's Chicago or, 
or New York or what, but uh, <laughs> Vic actually comes to their home, and I guess he walked there because he has, I seem to, re- it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but my recollection is he has like his backpack with him. He's like mm-hmm. a woodsman survivalist type. And he has this camp he does for kids. And he wants, you know, they called him, I guess, to take their son on, you know, his little adventure, whatever. Long story short, he takes Alan along with a few other kids who, you know, are borderline delinquent. So it's kind of, I guess, supposed to be one of those, like, scared, not scared straight, but get close to nature and you know, get yourself some discipline kind of programs. Cause, yeah, yeah. Connecting, you know, yeah. The, the whole thrill of being... Yeah. Uh, on an adventure and living, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of, sort of like that. So they go, and if you watch the trailer, you would feel like, oh, this is kind of like this lighthearted comedy, a coming-of-age story, because the Sean Astin character actually does the Ferris Bueller thing and talks to the camera. Of course, this is the year after Ferris Bueller. And he is dressed like Corey Haim and licensed to drive, and it's got this sort of tongue-in-cheek you know, vibe to it. Yeah, the movie mm-hmm. itself is actually kind of dark as hell because it turns out Vic's kind of a psycho. <laughs> and, yes. and this it, is the one where he decides that to teach them a lesson, he's really going to push oh, them. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and goes it gets a little dark. crazy. It gets pretty dark. Now I remember yeah. this is one of those movies that I totally liked a lot as a kid. It was actually, I think, one of the first movies I saw this before I saw Goonies. So, which is uh, interesting little trivia bit. The uh, the main movie was shot primarily in 1985, but wasn't released till '87 which is when they shot a lot of, or all of the narration that Sean Astin did. So I always thought, now it explains it, because I always remember even as a kid thinking, he looks different from, so I knew it was supposed to be a flashback, but he, he they're definitely like, you know, normally if you shoot a movie all around the same time period, he's not going to look that different. But right. there's definitely a growth issue there but in the, in the two years that transpired so but i really dug this movie as a kid it made me uh, you know kind of be a fan of Shan, sean samwise gamji aston <laughs> that, so that was one thing with toy soldiers the whole time i was like oh don't cry sam <laughs> get the ring to mordor oh sorry sorry governor we'll get the ring to, to mordor all, all the hobbits have cocked he was my favorite hobbit that's all i gotta say of so. course he was everybody's favorite hobbit he, he oh, I thought Frodo in his in his sorry oh, oh. whiny. Yeah. Oh, this ring is so heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam was cooler. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> Poor Sam. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Whitewater Summer in a long yeah, time. It's but, been a long time for me as well. Um, actually, I, like, I, it hasn't been like the full time because I did see it like about four or five years ago, maybe even a little longer than that, six or seven. It was uh, on a uh, like the Flix channel or one of those. You know, I'm talking about those. Yeah, those, yeah. They're not really paid channels, but they kind of are. And they, it's like it's like an HBO Light. Yeah, really yeah, like HBO Light. It was on one yeah. of those channels, exactly. <laughs> and I watched it, and I, I actually it wasn't horrible. Like it wasn't. A, I don't recall it being a oh my god, like a garbage pail kids moment. Mm-hmm. Which I actually think aren't those two brothers. That who hid the kid in uh, garbage pail kids? Mackenzie Aston. Aren't those two uh, brothers? Oh, oh, hold on. I don't know. Hey, Jason, entertain the folks for a minute. Do, 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 the fact that you even have kids is scary enough. So. <laughs> Coming from a man who couldn't <laughs> let a bunch of boys in their underwear. 
Older brother of actor Mackenzie Astor. Yeah, oh yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Gore. Uh, had a daughter named Alexandra Aston. And his dad was the original Gomez. Yes. Yep. Uh, and he, yeah, son of Michael Tell and actress Patty Duke. Hmm. Yes. They walk alike, they talk alike. Uh. So, yes. Whitewater <laughs> the Summer. Whitewater Summer. Yeah. yeah. 1987. <laughs> I like Kevin Bacon in, in, when he plays that kind of character, too. So Yes. Uh, that's, I like that's... Kevin Bacon in Quicksilver. I do. You know, that's a good one. What... <sighs> Was I, that was, the... I was pulling that one out of my ass. Dude. I haven't seen that movie since it came out in like '86 or whatever it was. You know what? That you know what else we need to watch? Um, what was the one with Kevin Costner? It was the bicycle. Oh, you told me I never saw American Flyers. I never American saw Flyers. Yeah, we gotta yeah. see that one. That's too Quicksilver. That was the wrestling one. Uh, that'd be a big negative, Ghost Rider. That would be the one where he was the bike messenger in New York City. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, I know which one you're Kevin talking. Bacon what was the one? The wrestling one where the kid with Kevin Bacon. Was like, no, it wasn't Kevin Bacon. It was along that same lines. Just popped in my head at the same time. He he climbed the wall with uh, Vision Quest. Vision Quest, yeah. God, I, there's something wrong with me. Because you know what said? I've never seen that either. But I know that Daphne Daphne Zunega, and who's the guy that always I always confuse with Timothy Hutton, but it's not Timothy Hutton because that's the other guy. What was it? Was it Timothy Hutton? No, it wasn't Timothy Hutton. Who's the dude in that? Matthew Modine played the Matthew like, Modine. The That's the guy I always confuse with Timothy Hutton. So there you go. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. I was gonna say Matthew Modine's the main character and all, but. Um, he, he, yeah, but yep. Yeah. Those movies for some reason all kind of go together, but yeah, no American flyers. We have to do and Quicksilver too. Cause that was a bicycle movie. Also. Yeah. We'll do a bicycle double feature. Oh, and rad and BMX. Oh, do rad. We've got to do that's got Lori Laughlin in it. Oh yeah. And it has the single greatest dance sequence. Not only do we have white kids dancing badly, we have them doing <laughs> it with kids. a friggin' bike. Oh. I dare say that is probably one of the best prom scenes of all time. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking that is an 80s cheeseball double feature that has to happen. Rad oh. and thrashing. Oh, yeah. The skateboarding one. <laughs> yes. Or gleaming the cube. But I think actually thrashing would be a better cheeseball. Yeah, I think so, too. I haven't seen either one in a long time, but yeah. I think it would be better. So Good stuff. <sighs> you ready to shelve this puppy? I think so. I think so, Jay. I think so. I'm, I don't know if I'm done talking about phone sex and kids <laughs> and their tidy whities but. And some creepy Elmo thrown in for yeah. good luck. So. <laughs> Elmo, I love tidy whities <laughs> <laughs> You can't even do it right. It just sounds weird. Does it sound weird? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo, well, Elmo don't like cussing. I'm kind of doing like a weird. <laughs> cussing? Uh, Elmo, Elmo has speech impediment. <laughs> Don't judge Elmo because he sounds like Elmo Fudd. Yeah, so if you happen to still be listening to the show, by all means, send us in an email at (laughs) ForgottenFlicks at gmail.com. Or or feedback at (laughs) ForgottenFlicks.com. Oh, yeah, that works too. Whatever. (laughs) You can also follow Jason on Twitter at FlickSidekick. Or me, if you're so inclined, where I occasionally will send out tweets that sound sort of like Elmo, but just creepy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> at Forgotten Flicks yeah. and be sure and like us on Facebook if you have not already we have uh, the podcast uh, page uh, that we put up the shows and some other materials we also have the fans of the podcast page uh, we've got some other cool discussion going on we even let some cats out of the bag on that uh, group so we kind of talk about what's coming up or what we might be doing and take um, 
information and comments and requests and stuff from uh, listeners. So check us out on Facebook. Um, and definitely check us out at ForgottenFlix.com. That's Flix Indeed, and Jason's not kidding. Like us because we seriously, we need it. We have very <laughs> low self-esteem, and, and we really, unless people are constantly liking us. Yeah, we need the reinforcement. We really do. <laughs> we really, really do. <laughs> Please. I may not be black, but I'm really, really tan. <laughs> <laughs>